Good morning. Welcome. Welcome everybody to the Seekers Quest. Happy to be here with you today. I'm Radha and I'm here with Chaitanya Charan and our friend Brittany, fellow, fellow member of the community. Actually, she's a very loyal member of the community. I think she has hardly missed any uh, live episodes yet. So it's wonderful to have her here. And um, how are you, Cece? I'm tolerably miserable. Tolerably miserable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Janmashtami coming up. It's very busy here. Right. It's very nice. Actually, in India, Janmashtami is among the biggest festivals. And almost every temple we have about between five to ten times the capacity of the people who can fit into the temples. So wow. It's... Uh, it's ecstatically crowded. <laughs> now, Jamasmi so a... is a, like the biggest holiday really in our lineage. It's Krishna's birthday. Yeah. Um, Krishna is a name that we call, a name for God, means all attractive. So. Yes. So, it's a three-day festival here. We have the festival of Janmashtami. The Indian calendar is a little complicated. So there's a lunar calendar, the solar calendar, and there's a lot in between. So we in the Krishna Conscious Movement celebrate Janmashtami on one particular day. Most of India celebrates Janmashtami on the previous day. So India, yeah. it's peculiar that sometimes people have two or three birthdays because one is from the Gregorian calendar, one is from one traditional calendar, another is from another traditional calendar. So you could have birthday celebration going on three days. So you have, so like that, Krishna's birthday also goes over two days. And then the third day we have one of our, one of the great, greatest Krishna devotees and saints, Prabhupada's appearance. So that's a third, so it's a three-day celebration over here. Wow. So I'm busy with that. Wow. Where, where are you in India right now? Uh, it's a holy place called Nasik. It's about okay. four hours from Mumbai. Okay. Uh, it, it is a place where another manifestation of the divine Ram he um, performed many of his activities here. Okay. So. Wow. Wonderful. Okay, so should we get into today? Today's is another. Yeah. I'm always excited for him, but <laughs> today's uh, today's yeah. theme you're is in really Pittsburgh, good. Aren't you? What? You are in Pittsburgh. You are in Pittsburgh right now, isn't it? This is your home, I think, as far as I can see. Yeah, yeah. The this is my home. Yeah, Brittany was on a road trip and she messaged me and was like, "Hey, if you're around, I'd love to catch up." And I'm like, "Actually, that week is Jamastami. You should come over and we'll go to the temple together." So, so okay. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, but um, yeah. So we'll go tomorrow and come back Friday. So yeah, Amazing. but um, today's theme is letting go. Uh, we talked, and it's this kind of rolls nicely into what we've been talking about. Um, we had that four-part mini-series, uh, Disagreements, No Disrespect. So we talked about causes of conflict, strategies for resolving conflict, and we talked about forgiveness. Now we're we're kind of rolling into letting go, um, which isn't really part of the series technically, but it, it, it flows nicely. So... Um, yeah, I think maybe I'll just let you start today, if, if that's okay. If you want to just um, just get straight into it. Yeah. You know, this is where there's something which is, uh, and there's some ambivalence with respect to this topic. You know, there is two aspects to it. One is... You could see there is more a perspective from the perspective from the perspective from the point of virtue, and there is a perspective from the point of your pragmatics. Hmm? You could say pragmatism. What I mean by that is that when you talk from a point of virtue, there are some people who will hold that there is no letting go in any relationship. No, relationship is for life. Mm -hmm. And any kind of letting go of a relationship is a failure. 
Hmm? So that's one way of looking at it. But another way of looking at it is so this is that from a pragmatic perspective. Now, how is this relationship affecting me? If the relationship's effect on me is toxic, then maybe it's important for me to protect myself. So, when we talk about letting go, I would like to begin by hmm, a caveat. And the caveat is that letting go is it should not become an excuse for quitting at every small excuse at some small inconvenience because when it becomes like that then every relationship will have its ups and downs and when we start talking about relationships okay i want to let go of this i want to let go of that then it becomes very uh, destabilizing for for the individual for people in the relationship and for society at large so in one sense you could say letting go it should never be the first option mm-hmm. if somebody is in the relationship then attempts need to be made to try to fix that relationship and we could mean that okay there could be two people who are very close to each other and sometimes there may be at that level there is constant conflict so maybe there can be a certain level of distance you know i am different and you are different and when there is some distance that distance can actually decrease the conflict you have your space i have my space and we move, move forward in our own way but when letting go is seen as like ending a relationship as a first option then that is something where as we say a rolling stone gathers no moss so person may actually never be able to form any stable relationship but at the same time it should not be ruled out as a option which is never to be taken no matter what happens there's no letting go in a relationship so there are extreme situations where where sometimes you know letting go is the best way to move forward in our lives so i would talk more in here in more in terms of that creating in every relationship you know there is proximity and then there is distance now distance does not necessarily mean that the relationship is not strong it just means that space is required in the relationship so when sometimes a greater amount of space is required and especially if we are talking about in terms of relationships the bhagavad gita in 1835 it talks about how sometimes we keep repeating self destructive thought and behavioral patterns and then those need to be avoided that needs to be rectified so if this is happening if sometimes in a particular situation there is a certain distance which is required now that distance could mean a large amount of distance where there's practically no contact also you know i had this experience when i was growing up as a child i was uh, more of a introvert kind of person so i didn't have any friends and those friends i really uh, with whom i bonded i would come quite close to them mm-hmm. but then i noticed that there was one particular friend to who was actually just getting me to do all his homework his assignments requesting you know i am not good at this it'll take me one hour to do it you can do it in 5 minutes and it's so easy for you to just do it for me and then i said okay i'll do that as a favor to you but over a period of time as i was doing this for him i started realizing that um, he, 
it both ways in one sense if i consider that on one side he was using me i was being used which okay i mean every friendship you can say that you do something for the other person but the more what i find damaging was that he was he was getting into more and more trouble he was getting more and more trouble because i found that the time he didn't spend studying that time he was spending doing uh, destructive activities he was getting into unhealthy habits and because relatively speaking he seemed to be doing well in his exams and his grades his parents were not too worried they thought yeah he can do he can get into bad habits but still is good in doing good in the studies but he was not really good in the studies it is basically i was doing things for him so that's when i started thinking whether this whole thing is actually working it was i realized that it was dragging me down and it was dragging him down so from my perspective at that time the harm was not much that okay it was just taking me a little more time i was relatively good at my study so it is not much of a time but from his perspective i felt that it is harmful for him and and i told him that you know i won't be helping him anymore he says what kind of friend are you he said i i didn't say the exact words he says i'm the kind of friend who who wants what is good for you and i have convinced this is not good for me for you not for me for you so because i didn't have many friends at that time i noticed that it was quite painful giving up that and especially when we care for someone to see that person being displeased with us it's painful but that's the point i started thinking about how when we have relationships you know sometimes the relationships become they become toxic because you know one person is weak and in that case i was being just weak and giving into his demands and i don't want to use the word wicked for him but he was just being opportunistic mm-hmm. so there's a time i felt that yeah letting go is important it's difficult but letting go of something when it is not working either for that person or for me and it's important to 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 if not end the relationship but to ch- you could say change the terms of the relationship hmm and if we change the terms hmm. of the relationship and if then that person doesn't want the relationship on those terms then it's almost like we are not giving up that person they are giving us up so i think a really mature relationship should be able to survive some change in terms with time if it doesn't survive then i think this is what is required anyway that's a starting thought wow i can relate to so many of those points um yeah you know it, it's like a relationship is should be reciprocal so you should be it's nice it's that's kind of the point right that's how we build trust and love and appreciation for each other so what while you don't always want to you don't want to be always demanding things but to to give and give and give um y- y- there is it is important that there's that element of reciprocation and i i remember when i was in a relationship that that was kind of lopsided in that and and honestly i set the precedent like i just gave and gave and gave and i never ex- asked for anything or honestly i was afraid that if i did you know i he it wouldn't be accepted or so i just gave and gave and gave and and i remember talking to my therapist at the time about it and she said something like you know rachel when are you going to keep when are you going to stop putting quarters in a broken vending machine you know it's like you're you're putting a quarter in you're putting a quarter in you and you're seeing that nothing's coming out but you just keep putting quarters in And that's just so my mentality too. I just get stuck like 
okay, this, I know this is good. This is going to change. This is going to, and it, and it just doesn't. And sometimes it's just deciding like, okay, maybe I need to invest my resources somewhere else and in a relationship that's maybe more reciprocal and I'm feeling more loved and supported. Um, but I, I love what you said there about changing the terms because that can be really tricky because I remember when I came to do that and was like, when I started trying to do that, like, like advocate for myself a little bit more, like this is, this is, you know, what, what I need to feel successful. And, and um, it's so difficult because if you're in a relationship with, with someone like that already, where it's really lopsided, when you start showing up for themselves, for yourselves, they're going to be super confused. They're going to feel like you showing up for yourself is you pushing them away because they're just going to, they're just going to take it personally like that. So then it's like, I almost, I had to get to the point where I was like, not afraid of losing that relationship. I was more afraid of losing myself than losing that relationship. And when I got to that point and started to say, okay, these are the terms I need to feel successful. Then I really saw the relationships that, that could withstand and the ones that maybe were never so strong anyway. Yeah, it's a very good point that if we are in a relationship where somebody doesn't really uh, recognize that it's like the choice is losing the other person and the other choice is losing ourselves. Now that's a very stark choice to be in. And sometimes when you phrase it like that, then the choice becomes very clear. Okay, I don't want to lose myself. Now, now there is this other aspect that in every relationship, we lose a part of ourselves. Now, I have my autonomy and I need to give up some of my autonomy when I'm connecting with another person. I have to think of what that person likes. I have to think about what's going to work with that person. But then we could say that if this is me, then you could say there are parts of me. Okay, I don't want to use the word cross. It's cross symbol. You know, maybe there are parts of me which are healthy and maybe there are parts of me which are unhealthy. And the ideal thing that should happen is as the relationship grows, then the parts that of me that are healthy, they start becoming, they start becoming strengthened. And then the parts of me which are unhealthy, they start getting pushed out. Mm. So maybe I am I'm too whimsical, I'm too impulsive, I'm too temperamental. And being in the relationship helps me to actually learn to moderate myself a little bit. That's good. So, but when the parts of us which are healthy, those which define us, we could say this, this dynamic is good. But when, in terms of analysis, something that is happening is through that relationship, the opposite is happening where... The healthy parts of us are pushed out. And then the unhealthy parts, where we are just pliant, we're just becoming a puppet in the other person's hands. That is becoming dominant within us, and that is definitely unhealthy. And that's where we have to draw a line. So in that sense, it requires a very careful, conscious observation to know When letting go, you're talking about letting go. Is it actually about going up or is it about giving up? Mm. Mm. Giving yeah. up something just because it is difficult, although in the result could be beneficial in the long run. But is it going up where this is the only way we grow? Yeah, I liked the point 
too that you made at the beginning about um it's related to that but about just throwing in a towel and giving up before trying and you kind of made that point in our last episode too with when we talked about forgiveness and and um kind of how to how to reestablish the parameters of the relationship and in that we talked about you know you say okay this is a conflict um the your first response when you're all mad and you're all upset should not be okay let's separate let's break up that that we talked about as being being kind of toxic and it can create more instability in the relationship that can make trust so difficult that overcoming any of these things is making it all the more difficult so i i liked that point in that if you're going to make the decision to give up do it in a place where that from a sattvic place from a place of like inner peace almost and it that doesn't mean it won't be hard or it won't be like grieving or you won't be sad about it but it'll be from a place of like this is i think this is what's best for me as opposed to like i'm so mad at you i'm i'm done with you which is like very different like mentalities and i feel like that's the difference there between giving up and and going up right because when you can show up and say all right this didn't sit well with me is i think we need to kind of readjust the way that we communicate or you know i need this to be successful i need you to you know sh- show up when you say that you're going to show up it's difficult for me when you don't and if the person continually can't um can't show up in a way that makes you feel comfortable then maybe it's acknowledging that it's just not the right it's just not compatible for you um whereas if you have a conversation and you see that there's some growth or then you can say, okay, I see that person's trying and I'm also trying and therefore we're going up. Yeah. Agreed. This is where I would say that the Gita's model of the self, where we know we talk about these three levels of the self, the body, mind, and the soul that can become very valuable because in one sense every relationship can fulfill some bodily needs it can fulfill some emotional needs of the mind and while these needs are, they are important they need to be fulfilled but if the price for fulfilling these needs is that it's almost like our soul is getting cancelled our the the thing that defines who we are we are losing that then that is definitely unhealthy so the ideal relationship would be where in that relationship the needs of all aspects of our being are taken care of the soul the mind and the body so if all three are catered to all three are addressed then that is a healthy relationship so uh, to some extent it is important for us to have that self awareness to understand that i have a spiritual side because you know there are people who can pander to our body and our bodily craving there are people who can make us feel good mm-hmm. there is a difference between feeling good versus it's being good or becoming good so sometimes some people can be sweet talkers where they just know the things to speak to us by which you know we feel sold out to them so those people who are sweet talkers they can make us do things which feel good but they are harmful for us and this has to be like a red flag so that's so why if we have our own spiritual if we have some spiritual practice if we have some spiritual grounding then what happens is we see ourselves we see ourselves holistically that 
and we see ourselves not just as our our physical side or our emotional side but also our spiritual side and yeah being with this person feels so good yeah sometimes some people may just hang out in a bar and drink and it feels good but is that really good for that person what if while feeling good they are sliding down into into alcoholism for example so when we have this more holistic understanding of ourselves then we can have a more holistic vision of the relationship of where that relationship is taking me and when i need to i need to let go of the relationship or at least let go of a particular aspect of the relationship or let go of the relationship in particular terms so what you're saying is when we the more grounded that we are in our true identity in in that we're spirit soul the more connected we are with that in our own relationship with the divine the more that we can perceive the impact of our relationships on that relationship with the divine in a real and authentic way so we can see how this relationship is impacting my relationship with god yeah i mean i haven't really brought god in the picture right now but yeah it's that's also an important part of it so i was just thinking you know it, when you when you first made that if if you go up and you're talking about the soul i was thinking you know sometimes i think when we first when we first start our practice and maybe we're already in a relationship and that person isn't spiritual or that person is following a different path and we start we start a relationship and we see that that person that or we we start our you know practice our spiritual practice and we see that the person that we're in the relationship with is not interested in the same practices maybe they're you know maybe we were strong about being vegetarian and they're not and sometimes i think you can um you almost like because your definition of your practice is by these external principles that you can say oh they're not practicing those so they're not this relationship isn't going to work for me or you get frustrated with them because they don't practice it because you feel like it makes you lesser of a practitioner or something of that sense so i feel like even like finally defining what that actually means and i can say cuz you know i'm i'm married to somebody who's catholic who who doesn't practice what i practice and i got into this i was into this before i met him but i for me the way that he um shows up and interacts and treats people and um ex- exudes just love and compassion um was the metric of which i measured how impactful it was for me if it was bringing me up or down it wasn't so much around those other things that maybe are external practices so i just think it's important to like delineate because that can easily happen you can say oh well my my partner is not following this so they're not good for me and that's not really what what we're saying right yeah you know spirituality it could be th- seen in terms of practices it could be turned in terms of values and the practices are important but they are more of external or exoteric the values are more esoteric esoteric doesn't mean necessarily that they are inaccessible to people but i'm simply using that in the sense of internal and external so sometimes people whose whose externals may be significantly different from us ours may still actually be beneficial for us they may still actually we may find that there is there is like mindedness in the relationship because the values are similar and so that's why 
like mindedness can come primarily from the values so yes sometimes uh, uh, how do i put this over here that i think i made this point earlier if we don't know what we what is worth fighting for the result of that won't be no fighting mm. oh i don't even know what is important in my life then anything that in the moment feels important we'll start fighting over that we'll start fighting over trivialities and that is i'm not saying tick in the sense that it is positive but that's what will what will happen happen actually so, so that's why it's important for us when we are also entering into a relationship at or when we are trying to reconsider the terms of a relationship to evaluate what is really important for me what is it that i am looking for what what is it that really matters for me so if i don't have anything to fight for then i will fight for anything that's how the result comes up and then so many relationships people say i'm letting go but maybe they're not just letting go they are the word letting go has a somewhat positive connotation to it so there is detachment and that is very different from that is not at all the same as aversion to commitment other two can seem very similar they are quite different mm. so the key difference between these two is that when there is detachment uh i don't depend on this so that is detachment where sometimes there can be an unhealthy unhealthy dependence on something and i don't depend on this mm. whereas aversion means i don't i want to come to this i don't want to give up anything for this that means i basically want this without any trouble for me without any disruption in my life without any challenging to my way of thinking or living so if somebody is expecting this now while the bhagavad gita very strongly recommends this detachment but it 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 equally reproaches this when aversion to commitment is there that's basically seen as a sign of a person not how should we put it a person who is not ready to grow so detachment is seen more as a sign of sattva whereas it is a sign as sign of tamas of the mode of ignorance so in that sense the two are very different and while our topic today was about letting go in one sense i think it's important before we talk about letting go is that we don't we talk about how letting go should not be the path of least resistance mm. when that becomes the path of least resistance then that itself is a significant hazard a significant uh, not just dampener but it's also dampener or a destroyer for a person to have good relationships yeah that's like the giving up like it's hard so i'm just not going to i'm just not going to engage and what you're left with then with the person is kind of a feeling of of aversion like it wasn't resolved and you didn't really it wasn't resolved either way like 
you didn't resolve the bad feelings and you didn't you didn't go through the process of forgiveness basically like we talked about the last episode where you you kind of have the intention to forgive and then and then you emotionally kind of deal with it and then you decide how close you want to be with that person what kind of a relationship you want to engage in if you don't go through that and you just say oh this is and then you turn around then you miss out on that opportunity to do all those things. You don't give yourself that gift of forgiveness. You don't get to emotionally assimilate what happened, take responsibility for it on your end and move through it to a place where then you can decide, okay, what's the best way to show up for this person in a relationship? So that's where you're, you're kind of avoiding it and you're, you're missing out on the opportunity to grow either as an individual or with that person, because you're just left with all these unresolved feelings and those unresolved feelings then come out as aversion because it's like, I don't want to deal with this. Whereas, whereas with the detachment, if you do go through all those things and it's resolved and, and then you end up deciding, you know what, I think it's best that there is distance in this relationship. At the same time, I can still have love and compassion for this person. I've just decided that it's best that there's distance in this relationship that's a sign that you've you've gone through that process and there's there's real detachment there. So it's not it's not even detachment isn't not caring. You could care so much for a person in terms of their their growth and them as a person you could feel a lot of love, but at the same time not wrap your identity up in theirs, not become dependent on their feelings or their approval or their love. Just just kind of disentangle that emotional attachment. True. So another way to put this is I think, you know, we'll talk about letting go in more detail in our next session itself. I'd like to explore a couple of points about how can we know that we have tried enough in a relationship. You know, there is a time when I have to, okay, I need to distance myself from it. But when do we know it's this is enough? Is it coming simply out of frustration that things are not working out of it? But or is it coming out of a realization that this is just not going to work? So you could say. Frustration is maybe because of its in- inadequate effort. Mm-hmm. That, okay, maybe we're not tried enough. But realization is more about its, its incompatible values. I wouldn't say even incompatible lifestyles or incompatible practices. I talk about incompatible values specifically. Mm. So, when do we decide that we have tried enough? And uh, if it's out of frustration, then I don't think that's healthy because frustration will come to us in almost any meaningful endeavor. Nothing in this world comes easy. Just like if I'm on a path in my life and, you know, there is a what do you call it? Then, like an obstacle race. It's called a hurdle race, or what do you call it? Obstacle race. Hurdles. Hurdles is a thing. Yeah, this hurdles race. So then I come here, better slow down, and then I have to leap over this. And then I have to, in one sense, you can say life is like an obstacle race, and we have to keep crossing over obstacles. Mm-hmm. It's vital for us to do that. But sometimes what we come across is not an obstacle, but it's like a say it's like a giant china wall. It just can't be broken. And sometimes we just try to go up and we just fall down. We just get nowhere. We may try to jump, but it's just too much of a jump for us is fall back. So when do we decide that this is, so I would say this, this is basically something like an incompatible nature, mm. incompatible values. 
Uh, sometimes we have we feel as if I'm just hitting my head against a wall. The wall is not cracking. The only thing that is cracking is my own head. Hmm. So in the Bhagavad Gita in 1830, Krishna talks about intelligence in sattva. intelligence in the mode of goodness and he contrasts that you know there are in the 18th chapter is quite a fascinating chapter there from 1820 to 1830 he talks first about from 1820 he talks about perception perception in the three modes how do we look at things then after that he talks about you know work in the three modes work or action in the three modes then he talks about the worker the person who is acting in the three modes and then after that he talks about intelligence in the three modes hmm now in this whole frame of analysis you can get a lot of insights about how we can function in our daily life so what it means is that sometimes when there is an action and there is a result of the action so now when we are doing an action we have our intelligence before we do the action where we expect okay what is going to be the result of that action and when the result comes we have experience like if i am trying to lift weights you know when i see uh, maybe a weight that is 30 kg 40 kg 60 kg hey, i don't think i can lift this that's my intelligence so okay i think maybe i can lift the 30 kg weight okay i pick it up and i'll be able to lift it okay that's nice I try to lift 40 kg. Yeah, that's a little tough. I try to lift 60 kg. I get crushed. I can't even lift it. So through our intelligence, we can evaluate at some level what we can do and what we can't do. But then we push ourselves to certain extents, and we evaluate. When I do this, what is the result that is coming? hey you know i lifted that weight and i felt so elated but after that for one week my muscles are in pain maybe i sprained my back i got a slip disc that lifting up was foolish no on the other hand i lift some weight which i thought i could lift and i feel confident i feel enlivened yeah i can push my capacities so in general using our when krishna talks about in the gita about work and worker the three modes he talks about this two things there is this outer observation and there is inner observation that we outer we outer observe, observation is that gives us to some extent our estimated capacity what can i tolerate what can i withstand and when there is inner observation then we also get a fairer understanding of our actual capacity that means when i say outer observation yeah i can lift this up inner observation is yeah i i lifted it up but the trouble was way too much i lifted it up and the trouble was not too much so we apply the same dynamic to relationships so just because we see something in someone that makes us uncomfortable and next you know i don't want to be this person i just want to end this whole thing no maybe not let's let's try let's try to explore let's try to endure you know we explore we endure and see how it goes so this brings us back to one theme which we discussed earlier about these just real quick these zones see, of, real quick you know the other thing you're talking about really working to understand your own capacity and and being making an honest assessment of yourself of what that is 
And at the same time, balancing that with not just, not just kind of giving in, but at the same time, like pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, but not in a place that's super painful. I think sometimes too, it's, you know, recognizing that maybe you need to step way back and figure out what your value system actually is and, and get to know yourself a little bit better. Sometimes it's like, we don't take that time to do that for ourselves and we don't, and in that we kind of avoid taking responsibility for ourselves and our feelings and our emotions. And if we, if we enter into a relationship like that, we can easily just project all of our issues, all of our unresolved issues onto that other person. And therefore it can seem like maybe our capacity is much smaller than it is. But if, if we take the time to really get to know ourselves, really get grounded in our values so that when we meet a person, we know what we can and what is and isn't too much for us. You know, like when I went on my first date with my husband, I was like, you know, I having no meat in the refrigerator, it's, that's just something that's important to me. And at, and at the time he ate me and, and for one reason or another, he decided, oh, you know, that that's something I think I can handle. That being said, I was prepared at the time for him to say, you know, I can't. And I'd say, I totally understand. I think you're a great person. It's probably not, it's, it's probably not a good match, but it, but if we had entered that and didn't really have a good sense of ourselves and what was and wasn't important to us, finding some kind of like middle ground would have been nearly impossible. So it, it's also kind of recognizing like, is this something I can live with or is it something I can't? And that's like step number one to then actually, when you're in a relationship, um, kind of putting that to, to, um, to practice. Because then when you're in a relationship, you know, you have to compromise some, but you should at least show up with like a framework of, you know, who you are and who you're not. Yeah, that is where I think a big problem comes up. If a person is not self-aware, then what happens is the same thing. I'm okay with this. They say today and then tomorrow they say, I'm not okay with this. And the next day they say, I'm okay with it. And then they just don't know where that person is or where that relationship is. Yeah. So and also, this happens, you know, that's okay too, to kind of be on that, but recognize that you're on that. And therefore it may not be time to try to work it out with somebody else, or it's just going to be messy because you yourself are, are like figuring it out, which is okay. Like, that's a real part of, of our journeys. Yeah. See, the point I'm making is twofold over here. That um, maybe we'll conclude with this point that, you know, in every relationship, there is a certain importance to predictability. Hmm? Okay, this is how this person responds in these situations. If there is no predictability in a relationship, then we feel as if we are living in a minefield. It's unstable. Yeah, that's a good point. It's that's very unstable. But at the same time, from. but at the same time, there also has to be some novelty in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, if there is only predictability, it starts becoming mechanical. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, if I say this, this person is going to say that. I want to do this. This person is going to do that. And then that becomes quite boring. On the other hand, if there's only novelty without any predictability, then that creates a lot of instability and insecurity. It's so oh, sorry, if there's only so then it's like living in a minefield, walking through a minefield. We don't know what is going to trigger the other person. So we don't want either. We want a relationship where there is a healthy balance of the predictable and the novel. Yeah, I know this about you. In this areas, I can't count on you. I know you'll be there for me. Yeah, but these areas, yeah, I didn't think about it like this. Ah, that's a new way of looking at things. So in some ways, if we ourselves are to some extent clear which are the areas where we need some predictability? So, and which are the areas where we can, uh, we can not only, you could say, 
we need predictability in some areas and there are some areas where we can accept or even welcome novelty hmm. then that's quite helpful in having a good foundation for a healthy relationship where sometimes only when there is no predictability we see that and then we just reject the relationship because of that now in one sense when people find a relationship becoming uh, unworkable the unworkable relationship can be because of both reasons you know you are too boring there's no spice in the relationship or it can be because you know you're too unstable you're mm -hmm. too volatile you are too unpredictable mm, i just don't know what, what i am in for with you so to the extent yeah, yeah. We, yeah we are situated in sattva to the extent we will ourselves be able to move forward positively i like that point though you know it makes me think that middle ground um the it needs to be predictable and novel if if both partners are committed to growth then that will happen naturally because even if 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 you have somebody who's just a good person but they're not really interested in being an, in growing any more than they are then it will likely get boring you'll like it become so predictable then it's like what's the point but if if on the other hand yeah if you have someone who is on the other side of the spectrum and and is all over the place that's definitely unstable but if if you have two people that are committed to growth no matter where they are it will always be exciting because you always be learning uncovering evolving together um but at the same time there'll be that that, that platform of predictability that so it'll it'll feel stable it'll be like stable growth so it's like best case scenario two people are coming together that are committed to growth and are and at, are a pretty stable place with themselves and then in that you can come together and continue to grow together you know if we can consider a tree this is really a high quality drawing of a tree <laughs> so Brenny's laughing <laughs> so if you have a tree then you know in that to some extent the upper part of the tree what it is exposed to is somewhat unpredictable but but the ground where the various roots are that has to be steady hmm? if the weather changes sometimes it's windy sometimes it's rainy sometimes it is dry the tree can weather all that but if there's a earthquake underwater and under the ground hmm, or if there are like massive seismic changes by suddenly the ground below dries up completely then the tree will not be able to survive so i would say that's where we are this, this what is underground is like our foundational values you know what is non negotiable for me that i need to be clear and that if that is not changing then what is above the tree it changes that's fine for me that works fairly well enough yeah so be a tree so, in summary be a tree <laughs> be a tree okay i would say uh, uh maybe i put it slightly differently like building relationships is like growing a tree mm -hmm. that we need um we need to know that there has to be some stable foundation and beyond that there can be change there can be variegatedness so should i summarize yeah mm -hmm. that was nice so we became a little bit uh, maybe our 
topic of letting go we will discuss in our next session so yeah i was i was going to say cc usually usually it's veda who gets us off track last time i got us off track today i might have to blame you for the off track <laughs> yeah you know i i could say that i was to some extent intentional in going off track because after i sent you the audio message i just was talking with someone and they seemed to be wanting to just end a relationship based on what i felt was quite superficial of frivolous kind of reasons so that's why i myself changed the topic to substantial extent but i think we will we will discuss that when to not let go is a prelude to when and how to let go okay i liked it it was good thank you yeah so we started by talking about how when we are talking about relationships there are times when any relationship uh, can become toxic i give the example from my life of how i was being used and the other person was also being harmed and when it is toxic it is important to let go but at the same time there is a relationship that could be uncomfortable and a relationship that is uncomfortable doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's toxic necessarily there instead of letting go we may have to grow mm. and that relationship can help us to grow so how do we understand this or how do we evaluate this so we focused on that part that uh, in every relationship when there is when there is a tension in the relationship the tension could be because of broadly two factors it could be because of the exoteric factors like just some people have different ways of behaving in terms of the religious traditions you talked about you and your husband there could be different practices but there could be something which is more esoteric more internal and that is there could be different fundamental values themselves and in the in this case you no know, go giving up is unhealthy it is better that we don't give up but rather we learn to grow up hmm but when there are foundational different values then we need to let go and in that connection we discussed about how you no know, growing up means that we all have these three zones there's the comfort zone there's the stretch zone and there's the panic zone but we didn't so we talk all, about that we, we, it's good just, but i don't think we talked about yeah. it i just i just drew it but then you i know you brought up some other point by I but, but i think the way we brought it up was that they i talked about this novelty and comf- novel predictability and novelty in a relationship yeah that now when there is too much predictability or there is too much novelty both are unhealthy we need a combination of both so when there is some novelty and some predictability then what hap- when, then it's like you could say when there is only predictability it becomes boring when it's only novelty it becomes it becomes too unstable so now what would be the blend of predictability and novelty for what is it that we can accept as predictable what we can accept as a novel so for that we discuss about the tree that the 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 exposed part of the tree there there can be change this needs to be largely unchanging the ground below needs to be stable and there can be change so to the extent that there can be some in one sense the person needs to have some self awareness by which they understand what is non negotiable for them what is valuable or indispensable for them and based on that they can evaluate what needs to be done and what needs to be avoided 
That was good. I like. I do like the comfort zone, the stretch zone, and the panic zone. That's pretty cool. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think let's talk about that in the next session, a little bit more. Okay, great, great. And before we conclude here, I just want to throw out a couple announcements. If you don't follow us on Instagram, um, please follow us, and we're Seekers Quest One Hundred Eight. Follow us, leave a review, like like us, <laughs> please like us. And uh, also, you know, we're on YouTube. Um, and if you want to join our live sangha, you can. There's links in the bio of our Instagram, so you can just join our WhatsApp, and you'll get notifications and and uh, things like that. So please like us and leave us a review. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Hare Krishna.